In Zero Sports, Icarus Canopies, now Gyro. That's right, we've rebranded, and Gyro is our next generation. It honours our founder, as that's the name we knew him by, but Gyro also marks the start of a new chapter. And not to be biased, but it's going to be fucking epic. Long story short, we're more us than ever. So if you're new to the sport, or even a Sky God Ninja Turtle, welcome. I think our valiant leader Lucy, Gyro's daughter, says it best. And we still got that fuck your attitude. <laughs> Rebrand! Woo! Rebrand woo indeed, Lucy. Anyway, head over to gyro.com for more info and get amongst your legends. I was 19, broke, unemployed, and sold my girlfriend's canopy for drug money. So, I thought I'd better sew her a new one. What a sentence, and what a story. This describes the humble yet outrageous beginnings of NZ Aerosports, the home of Icarus Canopies, in the words of our founder himself. From getting a paratrooper toy from his mom, watching parachutes at the DZ as a six-year-old, jumping off the wharf with a parachute made from bedsheets, doing his first jump at 16, sewing his first canopy on a borrowed machine at 19, and starting to sell parachutes out of a garage in 1986, Paul Gyro Martin had an undying love for the sky. Our company started with one man with the wildest of spirits in a true blue sky dream, a renegade. In the time that Gyro created and ran the Icarus Canopies brand until he passed away in 2017, he pushed everything he had to its limits. We miss him and we always will. Gyro is the next generation of NZ Aerosports. It honors our founder, of course, because it was the name we all knew him by. But Gyro the rebrand also marks the start of a new chapter, our next jump. Gyro is the space between sound and silence, art and science, chaos and calm. Gyro is a state of epic tranquility that transcends understanding. That moment, in the door, in free fall, mid-swoop, where nothing but the present exists. A perfect balance of euphoria and thrill. Gyro captures our passion for flying and our commitment to designing break-the-fucking-rules canopies that deliver pilots pure, wild flight. Hey gang, so I got a new book out. It's called The Upside of Fear, and it's exactly what you think it's about. It's about the good side of, well getting scared. In it, we talk not only about the science and biology behind fear, but the psychology as well. And it's not just coming from me, it's coming from some of the best in the sport. Omar Alhijalan, Jeff Provenzano, Maxine Tate, and so many more have contributed their sometimes terrifying stories to the book to help you overcome your fear. So head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com. You're going to find the link to the book there as well as the other books. It's available in ebook, paperback, hardback, and audiobook right now. Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, once again, it's the fucking pilot, and I am back in the can for another edition of the Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, and I got another victim in here with me. So uh, tell me, who the fuck are you, and what do you do? Okay, my name is Mas. On my documents, Mirko, professional skydiver, videographer, tandem instructor, IFF instructor. Wow, okay, that was a mouthful. So you jump out of airplanes a lot. Yeah, and your kind name of is, it. And yeah. your name is Mirko. Yeah. <sighs> Which you hate. Yeah, oh, I, kind of. I don't hate it, just... 
he's just there. All right. Yeah, he's, he's another life. Okay. Far, another far life. away. All right. So we'll we'll just we'll stick with Moss. Okay, Pierre. So you jump out of airplanes. Yes. Uh, you didn't just wake up doing that. That actually started somewhere. So let's start all the way back in the beginning. Um, how did you decide? How did it happen? Where'd you make your first jump? Do you remember that guy that was doing a lot of advertising? His name was Patrick de Gallardon? Um, wingsuit extraordinaire, yeah. sky surf inventor, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. right? Then i never been close to a skydive community before that. Then the only things about skydiving for me was like on a TV screen. It was okay. like him and they advertised for a like pair of, for watch, for watches. I think it was Sector at the time. Then mm. I always wanted to be a pilot. No jokes. Yeah. Always one. My degree is uh, uh, ATC, actually. Um, I wanted to be a pilot, but one day I was saw him and I was like, why fly with a plane when you can fly with your body? This guy does it. Yeah. And then had this dream for a long time to be a skydiver. And he stays there for a while, then start to fade. And then one day my coworker decided that he was going to do a tandem. Mm. And I said, why not? And then I went there and then suddenly like I was jumping out of a plane and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. And, and it was like, oh, I should do this. And this and is this is in Canada where you're from, right? Yes, that's from I in Italy. I did my first <laughs> jump. What? Why you did that? You, okay, so you, <laughs> yes, you're Italian. <laughs> yes, I'm Italian. And you did your first jump in Italy. In Italy. Whereabouts? Not about not in America. You can see my accent is not very American. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, Bologna. Uh, the drop zone was called uh, Fly Gang at the time. Fly Gang. Fly Gang. It was like the reason why it was called fly gang is because this guy that took like the two use word at the time, which was fly from aviation and gang bang. And they put them together. So fly and gang is yeah. okay. It was like a really, really interesting drop zone at the time. Now that's but f fly gang, that's the English. Yeah. So yeah. what is it in Italian? Uh I don't know. There is no translation for it, I think. Oh, so it was just in English. But just in English, Fly Gang. It was actually like this. Fly All right, cool. Fly Gang. Now so he was a skydiver and a pervert. Yeah. But, well, uh, wait, wait. That's wait, the wait, same wait, thing. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that's the same thing. Well, let me rephrase, okay? Yes, I was. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. No, no, not you. Him, the guy that made up the oh, drop no, zones. No, no, no. I, I think, know you're I think everyone subconsciously went there for that exactly reason. Uh -oh. It was like a catch name. Fair oh, so he was selling two products. Yeah, basically. exactly, pretty right. much. Okay, no, I can understand that. So you, you go out and you make your first jump because you saw videos and such of Patrick Tigardon. Yes, sir. No, but this happened when I was like very 16, to be honest. Like, no, even earlier, like 12, 13, 14. I had a big problem when I was a kid. They found out that I had just one kidney. Mm. And then my family was very, very like, I don't know, like close-minded. Then I was not able to do anything in my life. I was mm. not able to play uh, outside with my friends because they were afraid I was going to lose the other kidney if just a hit was sure. hitting me. Then it was like very protective. Okay. Then they would not leave me alone. Then, <laughs> true story. Then I was like dreamer from when I was a kid. I was just like flying with my mind all the time. And mm. it was this guy who was taking me away from all the things that was going to happen. Very cool. Then one day when I had the age, I was like 20 and I felt like I was able to take off by myself, mm. I actually did it, and I so jumped you, out of a plane. you and did the jump, I'm guessing mama didn't like that so much. No. What does mama think now, because you've been... I mean, now she's proud, before totally no. Yeah, well I can understand that. Totally no. Mine was actually relieved that I was just jumping out of airplanes. Mm. 
Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, but you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we know I've you. I've had other jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I, I, no, no. She was glad I was just keeping my pants on. I have a question for you. Please. Did she ever come to watch one of your shows? She fucking did. It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> she came to the stage show at the club that I worked at in Las Vegas, and I made the mistake of telling the DJ that and the MC that my mom was going to be coming. And he must have seen me uh, like reacting to my mom being there because he announced right before I had to go on stage for my set that my mom was in the audience. And the crowd goes fucking crazy because mom's in the audience. And so I do my stage show. And then at the club I used to work at, we used to do table dances. Like dance for the girls at the table, just like the did, reverse. Did your mom put the dollar in? No, thank God. But <laughs> I turn around in the middle of a table dance and I look over my shoulder and my mom is there taking pictures. And I had to stop the table dance. Excuse me, miss. I'll be right back. And I'm like, mom, you, f no, you got to fucking go. This is not, this is not okay. So, but we're not talking about me and uh, yes. no, no. But wait, 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 what? wait, wait a second. There yeah. is an audience here. Okay, <laughs> a little bit for both of us. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older sister. Did they ever come to see your show? She was there that night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you kick her out as well? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Get the fuck out. This is not okay. It's not all right. It was just weird. Okay. It Let's go. Weird. But she was proud, so that's yeah. That's it could fine. Be worse. But it, she she was still relieved when I was just jumping out of airplanes. Fair enough. Yeah. So you, you make your first tandem. Obviously, you were hooked. For a second. Yeah. So where did it go from there? Within two months, time to save some money. And then I end up like doing the FF course. My first jump was actually the first January 2007. Okay. Then it was cold as fuck. It was minus 30 degrees. Min no, minus 20, something like that. For Americans, that's in Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Thank you. And it was terrible. Still fucking cold. Yeah, it was terrible yeah. but i loved it i remember there was this moment with the adrenaline like and that's sti i still have it that moment right now sometimes when you are on the plane and you just look at the door and you're like what the fuck am i doing here mm. like mm. you're like i don't have to be here i can't but, choose to be somewhere else but well, somehow i walk to the door and jump out of a plane well but let me ask you though because for me personally the only reason i'm still a skydiver and still enjoy it is because it still scares me yeah it does. If it, it, the day that strolling down an airplane and stepping out of it 13,000 feet of, uh, over the ground does not get my full and undivided attention is the day I need to be a fucking golfer. Exactly. I think that is the moment when you have to be a golfer because you're not scared anymore. Yeah, that, exactly. That's the thing. Like, if you're not scared anymore, I think you don't respect the sports well, anymore. Of course. Well, you and I met when I was not jumping actively. I took almost four complete years off, and I didn't jump again until a mutual friend of ours, Junior, Yeah, I heard asked about me, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he asked me to go make a jump, and the thought of skydiving scared me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's time to go yeah, back. Yeah. It's time to go. But that is the thing. Every time you want to do something new, you feel like that's like, I don't know, what you call it like kind of like itchy yeah up to your bum and you're yeah. like mm, mm. <laughs> okay it's interesting no like yeah. you're like mm. you become like a 14 teenager again you're like i want to do it oh, i don't know if he's right i want to do it it happened it yeah. happened still right now with some tandems maybe not with everyone when you find like the for example for me because i do a lot of tandem i love the tandems sure when you find the tandem then He's cool, he's relaxed, he's cool, he's chill, then maybe it's not the same thing. So you're getting like, okay, this is another job. But when you find the tandem, then he's very freaking out. Oh, it's so much That's fun. That's scary. He's scary on his guts. You can absorb the fear and like 
that's what ticks me. Let me keep continuing. Well, to, to have them freak the fuck out and not only be able to uh, show them an amazing time, but help control that fear and, and do something for them that they would never be able to do on their own. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And yeah. and you learn to read people so well. But that's wait, wait, wait. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. You did a tandem. You got hooked. You jumped when it was piss cold, but you kept going. Yep. Um, how did you end up starting working in the sport? We know where you're at now, but how did you get started? Um, one day, uh, my job was really famous in Italy because they were doing a lot of like event with like famous skydiver, like the sky, the famous sky gods, like Pete Allen, PD Factory Team, Babylon at the time, like. All the big ones were coming there. Volare with Mike Carpenter, like very good people, like mm. amazing people. Wingsuiting with the birding team at the time. Mm. Then in Italy was really the center, like the skydiving center where if you want to know something about skydiving, you must go. Because mm. like not to not to be bad to the other jobs, but they were investing a lot about on these kind of events. Sure. Then I, I kind of like start to meet the PD Fettery team. And the first time Shannon Pitcher was there, Jan Bobo was there and Jay Moleski was there. Mm. And I saw them swooping. Something else, right? And you know what I see? Mm. I see the chicks next to me loving that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yep. like, what do you want to do? Like, you are Italian. I was a nerd. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I was a nerd. Wait, wait. Like, you, no, wait, wait. Just back up just a, just a second. You just described three of the best swoopers that ever touched nylon. You watching them land, and the first thing you noticed wasn't a badass swoop or all this or that. It was the chicks next to you checking them out. Yep. You are fucking Italian. For sure. I love it. For sure. I like, love it. I'm not, deser- I'm not taking back that. No, that- no, no. Well, hey, no, no, no. I'm right there with you because I'm Italian by blood, not by birth. Fair enough. True story. Yeah, you know, I wasn't born in Italy, but I'm born to Italians and a little bit of German hey, and stuff. But- your surname is still Italian, okay? Richie, Richie yeah. is very famous in Italy. Yeah. Man. Keep it. No, no. So I, I completely agree. I just think it's very funny. <laughs> Dude, is that. Yeah. It, it was that. But we're going to get there about the cheeks uh, later. Of but- course, yeah. What happened is like, it's easy. Like, it's just like, I want to be one of them. Like, you have to understand that I was a nerd. I was playing then? computer 13 hours a day. No well, jokes. No jokes. Well, you were doing that for like competition stuff, weren't yes, you? Yes, yes. I was competing in computer games at the time. I was like 17, 18. Was nothing really like too big at the time. It was small, but that's what actually gave me the possibility to go in skydiving. Like, I won a prize money. Mm. I won like 5,000 euros. Wow. Computer games. And uh, I actually end up like saying what I'm going to do with this money. And at the time, I was a sponsored player. Then I had like free computers, free software, free hardware, free everything. And I was like, I can't spend this money on computers. Right. It's free. Then I decided to go in skydiving. throw it on skydiving. But I was seriously nerd. That's why when... I see these girls like looking at them and I see their eyes, they were like popping out. I was like, oh my God, they touched the water. And like, it's such like a stupid image. Like you feel like, oh my God, these guys are touching the water. Like, and I was like, I want to be like that. Yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of got it hooked right then. Yeah. So how did you go about trying to, um, trying to not be a video game nerd? <laughs> I start to jump every weekend. Okay. Every weekend. I was jumping a lot, jumping a lot. My drop zone, the owner of the drop zone, like, take me kind of in their hands, in their heart. They see them. I was like a, a silly poop head over there. So they felt bad for you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it was like, okay, let's be compassionate and help these dudes. <laughs> and right. and right. they put me together. Like, no, seriously, I have so, I have so much to thank them. Who are if, they? Give me names. Uh, 
Walter Hydra at the time, which I didn't respect enough when was the time, and Stefano Volpi, which I respect too much at the time. Then, so that was an apology and a fuck you. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, this is where to let it go. Yeah, no, 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 no problems. So, like we <laughs> we clear our heart to each other good, at the good, time. Yeah, yeah. So they take me under their heart, their, their wings, and they help me. Mm. And I was a train driver at the times, so as you say. So wait, wait, you were a train driver. Yeah. Is that like yeah. code choof, for choof. some like actual trains? Yeah, choof, choof. So you were a locomotive engineer? Yeah. No, um, yeah, if you want to call it like this in Italy we actually call it train driver. Like proper translator like Okay, I, what's the non-translation? Uh machinista. Nice. Machinista, that's how we call. Okay, cool. So how the fuck you played video games for 13 hours a day and then you spent the rest of the time driving trains? Yeah, everything happened from before. I was uh, working for DHL at the airport okay. at the time. And it was one of the best job ever. I was working four or five hours a day, a night, and then I was having the day to work, to play games all the time. Okay. And, and it was the perfect job. Good okay. morning for less time. Sure. Then I wanted to explore. So you you, you had a good job um, driving the train. You um, were making money playing video games, and you decided to take this nice little life that you'd carved out for yourself and fuck it all up by becoming a skydiver. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good choice. With the uh, no help of my parents, which mm. they stopped talking to me for six months. Pretty I bet much. they did. I bet they did. Come on. In Italy, you have to understand, like, train driver is a well-paid job, like a future pension. Like, you get, like, $6,000 a month, five $6,000 a month. You get going pension when you are 50. You mean skydivers don't have pensions? <laughs> If Fuck. they get there, maybe. All this fucking time, I thought I had a pension coming. If they get there, yeah. at that age, maybe. Yeah, yeah. well, they... <laughs> okay. you know, party hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's not the jumping that kills Scott. No, 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 it's exactly. No. Everything else, yeah, yeah, all this shit that happens on the ground. I agree. So, so you 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 have taken under their wing. And they're helping you out. Um, do you start working on the drop zone now? Are you learning how to pack parachutes? Um, or you... No, yes. I started to pack parachutes, but it was not my thing. Like, I really wanted to be in the sky. Then, like, I was packing parachutes, but I was, like, pretty much say fuck off every time. Mm. And every occasion I had to get in the plane and do a video, tandem in this case, or a coach or something, I was there. The problem is, like, I'm not the smart guy in the planet. Oh, I was not that smart guy in the planet. Like seriously, my flying skill was not the best. Then okay. I was being grounded to the video twice. Really? Yeah, because Why? I was f- going under. I for the all right for anybody listening that doesn't skydive, the the pretty much the only places that the camera flyer shouldn't be is above the fucking tandem or below the tandem because that's where all the crazy bad shit can happen. So bad. Yeah, so twice you got... No, but how many jumps did you have at this time? Um, <clears throat> passing. Uh, around, like, I think, three, four hundred. Okay, well, now, see, I'm... And granted, I come from a different generation than you, and I also did my first paying video for a drop zone called Outlaw Skydiving. Um, so it was totally okay. My first paid tandem video, I had less than 40 jumps. He... <clears throat> that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> that it might happen. You know, the, sometimes they have this kind of mentality. Drop zone. I'm not speaking about that specific drop zone, but some drop zone was like, you can get a GoPro on your head. Yeah. You can get a camera on your head. You can do everything. The, well, the only reason that they let me get away with it is because I was a tunnel instructor in Las Vegas at the time. So yeah. free fall skills, I could get the video. But you were smart. Nah, 
No, no, no. I was just lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. Perfect. But I also didn't fly under my tandems. Yeah. I yeah. Did. All right. I was not really smart. Yeah, but you were low time jumper. Come on, a <sighs> couple hundred jumps. You're that's just enough jumps to know how to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But like, you know, there is these things you go under, you feel like, oh my God, I fuck up. I need to get back. I need to recover what I did. I made a mistake. Oh my, I need to go back. And oh. then when you make the second mistake, right, Aye. then it's not, it's not cool. So now tell people that don't jump, why is being under a tandem bad? Well, a coworker that I had assist actually one of these malfunctions, which is like one of the worst things that might happen in on a tangent jump. Like... Uh, your container might just open during the free fall. Mm-hmm. Everyone might think it's not me, but it happened. Sure. So the, the you're saying the parachute could accidentally, the tandem's parachute yes. could accidentally open. Mm, uh, the videographer parachute can accidentally open sure. under the tandem jump, which means that you're going to make a wrap. Sure. Like the tandem parachute is going to be wrapped around the canopy mm. of the video flyer. Mm. And this is like really the worst scenario because here we're talking about three people. And sure. one is a Nissan a very innocent person, then he just wants to enjoy her time. Sure. Well, and, and another bad thing that can happen too is the same if the tandem were to be accidentally deployed. This is if you fly above, yeah, for sure. Well, and even below if you're really close because the tandem at first with some Keep, equipment actually accelerates yeah. a little bit, which means yeah. that they could yeah. fall into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, bad. So never, never directly above, never directly mm. below. Completely agree. So you got your ass grounded for that. Yeah, twice. twice. No more tandem. If you want to do video tandem, you go back on training. And that was a guy that in the beginning, I didn't really like it. You of know, course not. Yeah, you never like the guy that comes to you and says like, hey, you know what? Stay calm down for a second. And you are like full of hormones around the planet, chicks everywhere. Like, and you want to just to be like, hey, I'm a video tandem. Like, you know, like... Give and phone numbers to the chicks and everything. That that's what it was. Of course. You need to get my background. Loser, skydiving. Boom. Explosion. Nuclear atomic bomb. Well, boom. All you have to do is say video game and vagina. <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. Pretty much. You played video games thirteen hours a day and all of a sudden you found out what a vagina was. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that's would, actually what happened. That would pretty much scramble any guy's brain. Yes. I don't And that's yeah. what happened to me. In skydiving, no. Yeah. All right, so we'll fast forward just a little bit. You've obviously now gotten to the point where you're not flying under and over tandems and doing stupid shit yep. and getting grounded. So when did you find yourself established in the sport and working in the sport? Okay, I'm going to start a little bit from around that time. I was like a thousand jumps uh, around, and the PD factory team come around the drop zone for the second time. Mm. This time, instant then, uh, Jay Moleski, there was another guy. This guy was Jonathan Tegel. Mm. Okay. Uh, for who doesn't know, Jonathan Tegel, for my modest opinion, it was the best person. I'm not saying skydiver in the world, but person in the world. Mm. Like, loved him with all my heart. Sure, as many, many people did. And this guy, uh, you know, I come from a provincial, like, uh, outstand, outstand, no, no, outstanding, like, very close-minded drop zone. Like, he's Italian. We don't see much around the world. Mm. And this guy suddenly, I don't know why, maybe because he was feeling sad for me, or I don't know. <laughs> I Seriously, I'm not joking. Like, from after his death, I tried to see everything. Sure. Seriously. Like, I tried to understand him and everybody, why me? Mm. And I was never able to speak English, not because now I can, but at the time, seriously, zero, none, nothing. 
And this guy decided to take me to Lake Elsinore <laughs> and take me there for like over a month, few months. Nice. And like take me under this wing. And we were like just speaking Italian and Spanish. Okay. And I don't know. This guy showed me the world. Sure. Uh, in, a, in, a, in his way, in a small way, he showed me the world and changed my life. Because like I thought I was going, like, I was, I was trying to buy a house in Italy. I was trying to be like, you know, the perfect little Italian, like mm. work hard, go to church, which it talks about drop zone, go to drop zone <laughs> right. every Sunday and, and be good. But he told me and he says like, you must come with me. I was bullied at the drop zone. That's why I say before it was a thank you and a fuck off. Sure. I was bullied at the drop zone and people that were smarter than me saw that. So you got bullied at the drop zone. Yeah, people was, were not nice to you. Yes. The owners. Actually, the owners. Like, we're not talking about the other people. The owners. Because I wanted to learn. I was starving to learn. Mm. I think about to take a person then sit in front of a phone right now. Mm. Nowadays, 13 hours a day. And you put him on somewhere when he found out that is his own life. Like, mm. this is like what he wants to be like. This guy wants to absorb everything, wants to learn. That was me. Sure. And this guy was taking advantage. Some of them were taking advantage, yeah. big time. Yeah, for sure. And I learned a lot, but I gave back a lot. And these guys see that and they were like, you must come with me. Hmm. And I went to US for the first time and I was like, wow. Well, in Lake Elsinore, and I'm sure you made it over to Paris Valley. I made it to Paris Valley for just one day because like, I had this kind of like, he was my idol. Like, you know, he was my, it's, it's, I don't know if it's the right word to say, but he was my God, sure. my sky God. No, and no, absolutely. Where he was going, I was going. And the life skydiver, you know, because one day he just said to me, listen, get fuck out of here. Go <laughs> spend some time somewhere else. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I was leaving attached to his shoulder. And the only thing he said to me was like, listen, there is skydiver, you know, 30, there is Paris Valley 30 minutes from here. Just get the fuck out of here. Please. Just go check it out. Yes. Like, that's what happened. Now, when, when would this have been? What year? Uh, 2009. Okay, so well after my time. Paris Valley is the very first turbine drop zone I ever jumped at. Yeah, very pretty drop zone. To be honest, I tell you, I went there, I didn't jump. No? No. Oh, that's, but that's, see, but that's okay. Nah, no, because I was too stupid. I was, like, connected to him, and I felt like... In it, you see, everything comes from the past. In Italy, if you go and jump in a drop zone close to another drop zone, you do something bad. It's like yeah, well, and it's not necessarily different in the states. I mean, um, the the multiple drop zones in Hawaii have been famous for the insane did feuds you work there? that they had. I did not work in Hawaii, mm. no, um, but I've known lots of people that have, and it, I mean, it got bad with the feuds that went on between those drop. But zones. you work in Las Vegas, yeah. Every drop which zone, there's few drop zones over there as well. Yeah, and I mean, there were feuds there as well, but there were feuds between the owners, not the skydivers. Okay, um, Hawaii sense. is the first place I've ever heard of where it was brawls between the skydivers. Like jumpers were told, if you see uh, a tandem getting dragged in high winds and they don't work for us, you fucking let them get dragged. Now, where I come from, you don't do that. You know, you help anybody out. It's a skydiver. Yeah. That's, that's you know, you, you take care. So I, I understand, believe me, I understand how one drop zone and the other kind of feud thing, but Paris Valley and Lake Elsinore have always kind of been definitely one of the exceptions because they are so close, but um, it, it, they're interchangeable with a lot of the people. Actually, I was there. <laughs> wait. Well, wait, at least wait, they were in my wait, time. Wait, I'm going to say in wait, my wait, time. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, I was there for the Chick Rock Boogie. Of course you were. Exactly. Of course you were. <laughs> exactly. And Skadet Paris sent a twin otter to them, if I remember well, that time. I, 
I kind of have like a memory of like a Skadaf Paris plane, or maybe it was this Kaivan at the time. Or well, anyway, they send a plane over mm. Elsinore. Absolutely, you know, it's impossible. Yeah, not again. I, I worked for a competing drop zone in Chicago. There was uh, Skadaf Chicago, and then Chicago land skydiving. And when Skadaf Chicago was trying to do one of the big records, and they didn't have enough planes, we gave them our order. I mean, we were flying it. Myself Where are you flying it? Yeah, myself and the owner were flying, and I think it was a formation of eight or ten twin otters. Texting you, bad thing. <laughs> no, no, man, it was all good. Okay, it was all good. Um, like, uh, and again, this is way back in my time, but in '98 when I was still doing the sky surfing thing, um, it was um, myself and my sky surf partner Mary Tordomasi. Did you wear? Did you wear a board under your feet? No, no, I was the camera flyer. Ah, okay. Hey, look at this. Look at this. Silver medal from the U.S. Nationals, baby. Oh, my goodness. Wait, wait, wait. I'm biting it to check if he's real. It's real. Read the back. Read he's the real. back. 1998, second place, women. Yes. Open sky surfing. Absolutely. That You're was definitely back... Italian for a Damn, court. All right. <laughs> well, and what's her last name? Tordomasi. Very Italian. Very Italian. Very Italian. Very so, Italian. So she and I were a team as well, but we, we competed in the Paris Valley Challenge Cup in 98. Uh, took second place, and then we ended up in in uh, uh, the open division in the nationals, which was in Elsinore. So it was all the same people, and it was great because it was all well mixed, and everybody was really happy. And that was when I ended up on board the airplane with some of my heroes because I was still very low time in jumping. And Arizona Airspeed was on the airplane, and and uh, uh, Omar was on there doing freestyle because he wasn't with the free fly clowns anymore. There weren't free fly clowns anymore. And, and uh, we were sky surfing with Craig and Tanya O'Brien, who I still, and I think I've said it on every fucking podcast, they're like the most amazing team that For ever was. How long did you view you sky surfing? Um, only maybe 500 jumps. That's, That's a good number of jumps. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was good. It was uh, good. For but who doesn't know, 500 jumps means like more than a jump a day. All right. Yeah, yeah it, a was, lot. it was a, it was a good chunk of jumps, but um, this was we were lucky that um, we were both of us were instructors in the wind tunnel at the time. Okay. Um, so we trained a lot in the wind tunnel. Wait, we wait, were, wait, wait, wait. So because you already said once, but I didn't want to like, do you actually have an EBA? Oh, this was so far before that, my son. Oh God. No, man. This was I became a tunnel instructor in 1996. When the Dude, only tunnel, yeah, the oh, fuck off. <laughs> I was eleven. No, yeah. sorry, sorry, twelve, twelve, twelve. The only oh. tunnels that existed at the time, if I'm not mistaken, was Las Vegas, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and the military base in the U.S. There was no iFly. When they came out with iFly and they were saying it's going to be wall to wall air with glass walls and shit, everybody in the tunnels that I worked in were Are like, we you talking guys about fucking... open air wind tunnel? God. Kind of. Do you have I'll to show fly you sometime. Off? No, you no, you can't fly off, but the big walls were padded and you had dead air. So you Because could... I was being scared of that. When you see the wind tunnel open air and you see like you can go up, but yeah. then what, what about if you go no. on the See, side? this, you can fall off the air column, but yeah. you, you fall 25 feet onto big pads. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've still heard about that. Yeah, I've still heard myself. Yeah, I've still heard myself really <laughs> But so we did that, and you know, trained in the tunnel, and we were actually sponsored by the the uh, uh, the tunnel to do all the the competitions and stuff. But all this right. is way back in the way right. back. Well, in dude, the... this is something that I definitely didn't know. Choose second medal, second place medal, and they're like looking at me. That yeah. I didn't know, and yeah. I know Daddy from a while. Yeah. Right. It's always something to learn. It's been a while. Okay. So anyway, you were in my. I, I'm gonna call it my alma mater because Paris Valley was. My first turbine drop zone. 
Um, Gypsy Rose was the name of the aircraft that I jumped out of. I guarantee a lot of people wait, just, wait, do just you, smiled. Were you flying or were you jumping? There? Jumping. Oh, jumping. No, no, no. Okay. I didn't start flying until many, many years ago. Wait, later. wait, wait. Where did you start jumping? Uh, where? Yeah. Vegas. 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 Like so, tandem uh, AFF? Vegas. Yeah, I did AFF in Vegas. I learned how in Vegas, and I worked for every job zone that ever was in Las Vegas. But Paris Valley is only two and a half hours away from Las Vegas. Okay. So when her and I, Mary and I, were training for sky surfing, mm -hmm. we had to have a twin otter, okay. or at least a, a larger aircraft. So we okay. would we would drive down to Paris Valley and train. Oh yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That yeah. when was that? Say again the time. Uh, that would have been. We started jumping together in '97. We were in the nationals in '98. I was 13. Yeah, it's definitely my daddy. Long time ago. Yeah. We'll get into the whole daddy thing later. <laughs> Keep calling me daddy. People are gonna think some really weird shit. I'm yeah, there saying. is nothing weird. It just him back off Actually, from me. A, That's it. There's a bunch okay. of weird shit. But anyway, so back to back to Paris Valley. You're jump. You don't fucking jump in Paris. I don't. I don't even fly in the tunnel. He's the right there. He's looking at me. But I come from a mentality where you cannot jump in a in a drop zone where. You work for it. I was not working for for S. Don't take me wrong, but the respect that I have for Jonathan because he was there, and he kind of have it was his own drop zone. Then it makes me feel like guilty. Sure. All right, and that's something that I I have with myself for a long, long time. Sure. Like, uh, I was never able to jump in another drop zone because I was feeling guilty towards my own drop zone. I say they give me a lot, but I realize way later how much I gave it. To so them. you treated it like cheating on a girl. Yeah. Ah, all right. Well, yep. So when yeah. did you finally get over that? Uh, when I come back from U.S., I uh, started to work like as a full like videographer over there because like I was competing, uh, I was training a lot in canopy pilot, and that's the main reason when I went to Arsenal, right? Then Jonathan told me, "Come to U.S., you're gonna see a different world, and we can train together, mm. right?" And he never charged me. All right, that's why he amazed me. Like this guy was like a PD factory team. Mm member like one of the a founder of it and he never has me one fucking cent i was sleeping at his place for a while when so for another time i was sleeping at, at the drop zone and i was just wondering why this dude is doing that to me all right like i was like does was he it, want to bring me into bed was <laughs> it he, came to my mind like, was he would, was he using you to pick up girls hey look i'm taking care of this poor little nerd it you might should, be. You should he bang be. me because yes. I'm look at how nice he I am. It might be. It can be everything. But what was, I realized that I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Fair because enough. he showed me a word, then otherwise, I was not here right now. I was not so talking you, to you. You would have you gotten into bed with him. Oh, he would have. Oh, dude, like, that guy showed me doing you for life. I definitely, I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to say yes. But <laughs> that guy was. I I want to say no to no, him. No, no, like, no, no, no. I, 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 I get you. I, I, I think everyone met Jonathan once. They can totally say that he has this kind of like attitude towards people that it was impossible to not fall in love with him. Mm. If we were talking about girls, like fell in love like a proper, like relation mm. love or... Um, uh, how you say, like, admiring him as a person sure, and yeah, everything. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Well, now, do you think, um, because a lot of names have come up uh, in not just conversations in the podcast, but with a shitload of people, and everybody's got a number of people in skydiving that they just can't say enough good things about. What is it that draws these amazing people to skydiving? I mean, obviously, it draws some shitty people, too, but uh, more than not... 
we tell stories about people, both living and dead, that are just almost th- too good to be true. I think, I, I do really think that most of these people, they know somehow that one day might be the last day. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to be like straight, okay? I, I, even when I do, I'm not do crazy stuff. I don't do base jumping, but like every day, one day, I can be hit by a car in the middle of the street. Doesn't have to be skydiving, but we have this mentality about like your last day can be today, and that you want to give someone to something else, mm. to someone else, all right? Sure. And then you take someone under you, and then everyone, like I had it myself too. I see someone, and I get somehow connected, and I want to give my knowledge to mm. them somehow doesn't have to be that they have to be like me but i want to trust my knowledge then i think like in a kind of way like jonathan for me or me for other people like the only thing we want to do is like try to bring more people like try to create like a a, a circuit and, sure and create an well for a, lack of a better word it's a family yeah well yeah. now now, for the same reason that I think um, so many people are giving in the sport, do you think that's the same reason that we are so volatile? I mean, I've seen people cork off over the smallest little things, but then 20 minutes later give the same person they were just cussing out a big old hug. Is it just the the passion that's needed for what we do? I'll break the heart straight away. It happened to you and I. Yeah. Like, it happens. Like, you know, like... We not leave for tomorrow, we leave for today, hmm. right? Then why get upset for tomorrow when we can solve our problem today and keep going on, why right? Is, why stew over it tomorrow when I can say fuck you right now? Exactly, right? Then like I say fuck you right now, but then tomorrow, like, you know, I already say to you fuck you. I don't yeah, have to done. think that about it anymore. Exactly, it's right? It's done. Uh, I think everyone, like, I, I remember, like, you and I, we had, like, kind of deep discussion once, a few more than once, like... It was like you and Zach. I remember like you were telling me about like Zach, right? Mm. Amazing person, but you guys sometimes were drifting away, Mm. come back together, Mm. drifting again, come back together. I I think this is life, no? Like people drift away and come back together, but the fact that we know that tomorrow can be the end of it can help us to drift back together faster. For sure. Yeah, you definitely try and get back to it. You don't want to lose time. Like that's the major thing. like, no lose. You fly for one minute. Mm. Then you have to pull a parachute. Mm. It's one minute. It's not two. It's not three. It's not four. One minute. One minute to be upset is enough. Then, chill. Well, and then it's done. Yeah. Then it's overdone. So we get through stuff fast like that, um, and I'm sure it's the same in other extreme sports. Uh, really, skydiving is the only one that I have any real uh, knowledge of. Uh, I've lived in it for so long now. Um but it draws these very, very passionate people. We, we fall in love quickly. We get happy very quickly. We get pissed off very quickly. We, so we do all these things big, um, and it doesn't linger a whole lot. We're also not the most uh, politically correct group of people. I'm fucking foul mouth as hell. There is any politically correct? Well, there is in the rest of the world, but, exactly. we, don't, but we don't live in the rest of the world. Exactly. So what do you think about this whole political correct stuff? I, I get to some degree when the customer comes on the drop zone, you have to be professional and you can't show too much of who we are. But oh. my, my rule is once the bonfire is lit and you're still on the drop zone, fuck you, you're going to see what it's like. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. No, I really do have a lot of respect, you know. But do you think in that place far, far away, when I was able to managing some people, like 
you know, you might not like everyone. Sure. It's, it's fair, like, yeah. uh, you know, you not get, like, really close to everyone, but what do you want to do? Then sometimes these people, they come to you and it says, like, hey, you know what, fuck off. And you can't really just say anything to them, no. you know, anything, but you need just to be able to look forward about it, like, and see, like, and take them as for what they are. And that's, I think, is the beauty of the our sport. So you... I think you and I see eye to eye on a lot of things, especially in regard to how the sport is. And you learned a lot from JT. Yep. For sure. You yep. end up um, making your own path eventually in the yep. sport. Uh, I'm sure his passing was not easy on you. Nope. It couldn't have been. And it was not easy on a whole lot of people. Uh, and this is, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it's. I try and keep the podcast wait, as, as lighthearted wait, wait, as I wait, can. Wait, 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 wait. Can I tell you a story? Please. All right. All right. Then... This story stays here. No one is listening to it. Shut up. Yeah, here. so nobody tell anybody this story. <laughs> in Italy, we were famous at the time because um, I, I was a loose cunt. I was literally losing myself, right? Wait, pardon. Hang on. I think that got lost in translation. You were a loose cunt? Yeah, actually, it has perfect translation. Is I, that? I, I'm actually going right, to use then that in we the were doing like we were like we had the skyman at the time the skyman has a big area you can do a lot of things on that plane especially at night with a lot of people all right <laughs> I see the, where we're going okay you know what the drugs uh, was oh, called yeah. fly gang right and I remember seriously that was something I do remember that JT one times like grabbed me and said to me like and says like there was a lot of people at this Chick Rock's booby, like really a lot. And he knows me in Italy. Like I'm one of the most retarded person in the world. I'm shy. I'm a nerd. Mm. But in Italy, at this cadaver drop zone, I'm like, boom, I'm mass. I'm <laughs> rocking it. You got the accent. Yeah. No, but like he's Italian. He's Italy. I don't have the accent over there. Oh, over there. I just uh, have the attitude. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm mass. I'm not Mirko. I'm mass. Mirko is the nerd. Mass is the cadaver. I'm. Now it makes sense. Yeah. I'm rocking it. I'm seriously sense. rocking it. Like, I'm killing it. And JT take me to a door at the time. Opened the door. And there was a lot of fun on that door. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Okay. And he closed the door. <laughs> you you <laughs> did get to go through the door, yes? No, no. You didn't? No, no, no. You just wait, got to... Wait, wait. Remember, I was speaking Italian with JT. And JT was speaking back Spanish to me because I was not able to speak English at the time. Uh, awesome. <laughs> And JT closed the door. Like, dude, it makes me cry when I think about that. He closed the door and says to me, like, you want to be there? And I was like, yes, in Spanish, okay? And I was like, see, sí? Seguro, like, yes. He closed the door and said just to me, like, you know what? Get the fuck out of here, speak English, and come back. <laughs> Man, I was like, my heart was broken. So, so to paint the picture... He walks you up to a sky van. No, oh. no, 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 no. It took me. To, I was in Elsino at the time. Okay. okay. It took me to a door. In open. He opened oh, oh, this door. So not the sky van, but he took you to a room. To a room in Elsino. Opens the door. Behind this door, are a whole bunch of really fun stuff, activities going on. Yes. And tells you if you want to partake, you got to learn English, and then closes the door and in your face. In my fucking face. Awesome, dude. Did he, call a, you, did he call you Mirko? I'm, no. No, I was masked <laughs> at the time, dude. I was masked. But yeah, I was masked. Really, in that case, I was like, seriously, when he closed that fucking door, I was like, what the fuck? I bet that stung. And then, that night, 
I met a person which I still remember her name right now and I really really do appreciate her like her name was Kat Henning mm -hmm. I don't know if you know her is like a skydiver she used to jump a lot I'm not sure she jumps a lot but I was not able to speak English and I was by myself at the bar drinking a beer all right that was me I was not able to speak English mm. she comes sit next to me she offered me a beer she cheers me and she left me and after JT and her, that's when I realized, like, I gotta learn English. I need to fucking learn English. I wanna get laid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, well, like, okay. <laughs> Kate was hard work, all right? It was really hard work. That was not possible. But she was like my, the kind of girl, like, I think, like, she was awesome. She was a skydiver, a cool girl, chicks. And this girl from nothing come around me and no familiar. What's the name again? Kate Haney. Okay. All right. I'm gonna have to. See, I'm, I'm gonna have to see if I can remember. I'll have to think about that. All right. Yeah. Well, cool though. So you ended up with this motivation that not only you're you're being a little bit more accepted, but you're also getting your balls busted, yeah. which skydivers are amazing at. Yeah. I think we can both agree. If you do not have a thick skin in skydiving, you're not going to no. be a skydiver for no. long. No. 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 Uh, and that's coming from a guy that's been nicknamed fucking princess for 23 years. <laughs> I wasn't like. They were shouting at me. They were like shouting bad words. And this coming the <laughs> second per no, 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 bad words, like not jokes, like like right. you're a dickhead, you're an asshole, you cannot do that. You're a fucking dickhead, you're not just in front of everyone. Like we, we're talking about real humiliation. That's pretty hardcore. Yes, and this come the second person that changed my life, Mr. Ernesto. Gaiza. I The Ernesto. guy that jumped with the most smallest parachute in the world. You sexy little fucker, you. Yeah. He is too. Yeah. yeah Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He the, changed my life. The fucking hair, the attitude, the accent. Oh, Ernesto. He was little, but he's a fucking robot. No, nah, good dude, things like, come yeah. in small packages. He's good. Yeah, exactly. He's good. And, <laughs> and well, da Daria knows. And yeah, and, and Daria, Daria knows. Daria, his wife, how tall is Daria? Oh, I know. Like I, almost okay. six foot. She's taller than me. She, oh yeah, she's taller and he's a little. But this it's, is a classic representation of like the statue of a person is not about his eye. No, but no. But it's about his art. His art was like. Yeah, no, he's massive. big as he's big as he's Insane. fucking as tall as the David. Insane. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Ernesto, you meet Ernesto, um, who does hold the world's record for landing the smallest parachute, parachute in the world. Then yeah. I was uh, in the national team of skydiving, canopy piloting at the time. I was competing for Italy, and I was the organizer for two or three national championships in Italy. Okay. I was actually organizing the championship. And Ernesto came one of these national championships, and he literally looked at me and same as Jonathan, he says, like, you do not belong here. Hmm. I didn't know what Jonathan, uh, what uh, Ernesto was doing at the time. I didn't know anything. I was, we were just competing together. Then I was meeting them in Klatovy, in Russia, in uh, Belgium. Like I know, you know, the European circuit. I was like just competing around the European circuit. Sure. And jo and Ernesto said to me like, "You don't belong here." And I was looking at him, and I was like, "The fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't understand shit of it." <laughs> and he was like, "And I was like, okay." It's okay. It's all good for me. No worries about it. And then suddenly one day he takes me. Uh, he says like, "You need to get out of there. You need to create your own world because like you there are like a waste." Mm. And I kind of knew that in back in back of my mind. Like there was there something he was telling me, but it definitely helped me out. And one day I decided to take off and go to Australia. Drop everything. Nice. The work and the train driver. Bye bye. Mom and father don't speak to me. 
Bye bye. <laughs> I go to Australia and I'm gonna fucking be a tandem instructor over right. there. And at the previous job zone where I was, they were not really understand me, if you want to say that. So no tandem were... instructor, no FF instructor, you're a loser, you cannot do that, you cannot do that, you're not able to fly. And I take this on as a, like a competition. I was like, I'm gonna show you, I can do it. Oh yeah, well there's nothing better in the world than a good solid fuck you. Exactly. So look at me succeed where you said I couldn't. Why was, which was your fuck you? Oh, everyone had a fuck you, come on. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, but everyone had a fuck I've you. I've had so many fuck yous. Do you even hint for the next one? No, but I don't. I, I I honestly don't even know. I I really because I know I don't think I ever said fuck you. I, it was it was more like just a fuck. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I I forest gumped my way through most of my life and my career. I've just fallen into amazing shit. No pun intended. That's good. Yeah, Which yeah. was the best shit? Oh man, it's all of it. I mean, wait, wait. your highlight. <laughs> the the um. The skydiving is, has been obviously the cornerstone of my entire life. It's yeah, no, we're not talking about skydiving, okay? Because there is no skydiver here hearing it. Maybe there you have a highlight that is not skydiving. Well, dude, I accidentally became a stripper for 11 years. People paid me to take my pants off in public. So, so this might be your highlight for a moment? It was for that, for, for what well, was for a little bit, sure, absolutely. The only reason that I was able to become a skydiver was because I was a stripper. The only reason right. that I was able to become a pilot. Who knows me knows that I don't have the body to do that, but I'm really curious about it. Why was keen? Why were keen to do that? Uh, keen to be a stripper? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. I was a fucking idiot. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to get laid once from one girl. Hey guys, skydiving and stripping is not different. No, it's very much the same. No, man, I I didn't I I had no desire to be a stripper. I actually had uh, um gone down to LA. I was a California boy. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone down to LA cuz every California boy that isn't hideous looking wants to go be famous. Okay. So I made my attempt to be famous and didn't. Oops. And ended up back in Northern California, where I was from, working um, a shitty little job in a banquet uh, uh, office in the Holiday Inn in, in Sacramento, in Northern California. And uh, um, I ended up working with just a whole bunch of girls. And I had a big crush on just one girl. Now, when I was in L.A., I did nothing. It was horrible. These chicks. I come back. I got this shitty job. I don't have a car. I got to ride a bicycle to and from. I'm a total loser. I'm just not a horrible looking loser, but that was it. I had zero going for me, no talent, no nothing. And while sitting back there waiting for a big banquet to break up so that we could go clean up everything, um, one of the girls that I worked with, and I worked with all girls, asked me what I did when I was down in L.A. Now, what I should have said was worked a couple of part-time jobs, tried to get some auditions, and ended up in a motorcycle accident leaving with my tail tucked between my legs. What I said was... I went on a bunch of auditions. I worked here and there, and I moonlighted on the weekends as a stripper. I, I have no idea why I fucking said that. None whatsoever. And luckily, they didn't get to ask me any questions because as soon as they were ready to ask me questions, the banquet broke, and we had to go in and clean everything up. So about a week goes by. Nobody has said anything, so I'm thinking I got away with it. For whatever reason, this lie popped into my 21-year-old head. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting there. Okay. A week later, that's the girl that I had the huge crush on comes bouncing down the hallway, bounces up to me, gives me a big hug. Dean, you've got to do me a huge favor. Of course. I mean, you know, guys, especially 21-year-old guys with no cars, will fucking do anything, a pretty girl says. Sure. Uh, you got to do me this huge favor. My sister's birthday is next week. 
We let it go to the last minute. Everybody's booked. You have to do me a favor. You have to dance. And in my head, I'm saying, fuck, no, there's absolutely no way I can do this. And then out of my mouth comes, sure. And I'm going to save them the rest of the story. Because you cannot but... fuck up right now. You can't say no. No, 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 no. So, you sell yourself. Oh, yeah. No, no. It was a done deal. And I said yes. And I did the show. And it was the single worst experience of my entire life. And somehow that translated into an 11-year career of public nudity. Well. Uh, which. It worked. But I'll tell you what. And maybe I suppose that was my seminal moment in life because that lie is the only reason that I'm sitting here talking to you. Because I would not have become a skydiver. I would not have finished becoming a pilot. And I wouldn't have done all the things that I'd done if was I had Was good money? Being a stripper? Yeah. Um, well, you know, everyone asks, but like, never, no one knows at the end. Everyone thinks you I, might have. I ran out of stripper money when I became an airline transport pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent all my stripper money. And then some. So I see the picture when he was young. If you have a good body, you're good looking, get your ass to Las Vegas and try stripping a little bit, okay? His work. It worked. Yeah, give it a shot. Why not? Give it, yeah, exactly. Give it a shot. If I was able to, maybe but I would tell But then you. that fucking son of a bitch, what's his name? Um, uh, 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 Channing Tattoo. Yeah, Channing Tattoo. I never watched the movie. No. Okay. <laughs> so that motherfucker was a stripper after I became a stripper, but he made the movie. I wrote a book, but oh, yeah. no, nobody's ever read it. <laughs> <laughs> you write a book? I wrote two books. Oh. But we're not talking about me. No, we're no, talking no, about no, you. no. Wait a second. Everyone listened to me, but someone wants to listen to you. Well, yeah. No, I wrote the Blue Skies magazine, the fucking pilot book, which is Yeah, which all... is pretty interesting. I was reading to him before I came to Dubai. Then when I realized it was him, I was like, what the fuck? Then, yes, he's pretty interesting. Yeah. Then... So I wrote that one, and that's just previously published articles. Uh, from Blue Skies magazines that I'd written because I've been writing for them for almost 10 years now. Oh, yeah. um, but the second one uh, is the called The Accidental Stripper. And oh, that's yeah. all about that story and what happens from there. Where we can find them? You can find it on Amazon. Okay. The Accidental Stripper. You can also go to, I'm going to go the full plug now. Exactly. You can also go to thefuckingpilot.net uh, and you can go directly from the links there to buy both of Get them. Get the book or your bad person. Yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> and and then tell everybody. All right, but back to you. Fuck this. Back to you. So that was my moment. That's how I ended up here. But so you so you're doing the competing, you're now you've stepped out of the 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 nerdy getting bullied. Now you're in Australia, you become yep. a tandem instructor. Yep. I am already a tandem instructor. I work as a tandem instructor for like a season. I was having like three, four hundred jumps and as everyone did it, I fake my numbers. <laughs> because in Australia they were asking you 500 jumps like who's the idiot that says I have 350 jumps no offense to the people that did it I'm sorry okay but like you know sometimes you need to I, I remember Richard Branson right mm -hmm. like you yeah. okay like Richard Branson say if someone gives you an opportunity and you don't know if you can accomplish it just take it and try your best to do yeah, it yeah fake it till if, you make it exactly if you cannot make it say sorry <laughs> but if you can make it you win. Yeah. And that was my mentality at the time. I was like, I can't lose this opportunity. This is my moment. I need to get the fuck out of here. So you lied. Then, yes. You lied. But you lied for a chick. I lied for life. But it's the same thing. That doesn't matter. We I, did it. I agree. And it worked. I, now you're here. I'm here. I agree. Right? We're both sitting in a toilet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which is a fucking amazing toilet, which I still like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. You're going to see a picture of it. It's insane. Anyway. I, I'm in Australia and I go to Wollongong, busiest drop zone in the planet. And I was like, fuck yes, I'm in 
I'm in the best place in the world. Scott F. Wollongong. Like they do 300 jumps in a day, 400 jumps in tandems mm. in a day. Jeez, these guys are like the machines. Yeah. And I thought like, I'm going to work for these assholes. Of course, it's not going to happen. Like these guys take like real professional. They know, you know, like I, I was like a kind of a manager. If someone say you have 500 jumps, I know this dude, they have 300 jumps sure. probably. Like, you sure. know, then these guys don't believe any words of me. Mm. Fair enough. Shake hands. You're the good point. But a guy at the time helped me out, which his name was uh, Rob. Rob. And he sent me to a drop zone in early beach. It's a small drop zone. A little Cessna helped me out. Like, you're, gonna, you're not going to do a lot of jumps, but you're going to have some fun. And, you're gonna mm. get, and I went to early beach, which is in north of Queensland. I was doing four or five jumps a day, six to seven jumps a day in the weekend. It was pretty good. I gained a lot of experience. Over sure. There. And I messed up a lot. Like, As you and, do. Yeah, exactly. As you, you do. Know, Andy Camp never did Andy Camp in my life. Oh, handicap! And, yeah, and, yeah. And for, ask. for those that don't know, you're not only doing a tandem where uh, you're 100 percent responsible for another life, which is strapped to your chest, uh, and dealing with the parachute system, which is strapped to your back. You now have a fucking camera strapped to your left hand, and you have to frame pictures and video while you're doing all exactly. this other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. the owner of the drop zone, one of the most amazing person, like seriously, I haven't met like Jonathan Ernesto, this guy. What's his all name? Right. I'm a bad person. That's okay. I'm a bad person. I didn't remember your name until you told me. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm a bad person. But this guy, I told to him like, hey, dude, you know what? I found an apartment down to the road. He's like three kilometers away, but I don't have any ride. I'm going to suckle every day. This dude was like, you know what? Fuck that. Take the van. Every night and every day, drive our van. Mm. And I was like, wow, this guy gave me the van. Let me drive every time. I was coming from Europe, driving on the left side. No, right. Well, anyway, different from Australia. And then I found myself driving on the other side of the road twice, close accident. Like, seriously. But anyway, I get to work and I get to jump out of a plane. Mm. Once, the most crazy story ever in my life, I had to land on a tree. Yeah, so you had a tree landing. Was it a, it was a tandem? It was a tandem with a 16-year-old dude. You landed a tandem in a tree? Yeah, man. Like, you know, you gain experience just making mistakes. That's how I take it out. I've never landed a tandem in a tree. I've never even heard of anybody landing. I kind of did it. Yeah, I did it. That's awesome. No, it's not. But it was cool because everything went perfect. Except for the landing in the tree. No, actually, it was pretty cool. Because I explained you these things. Like in Australia, you have gum trees, all right? These trees are really small. Uh, They have a lot of arms. They're they're really tricky, all right? You can get like hit into like the veins in a, or the arterias in a second, but I don't know what happened that day. My mind say, "Fuck that!" There is a palm tree right there. It's ten meter tall, or at least I thought it was thirty feet. Land on a fucking palm tree. So you landed on a thirty foot palm tree. No way, wait, wait, wait! I smash into the palm tree, and the canopy start to like open and close around the palm tree, and I land. <laughs> so softly because under the palm tree there is fucking nothing you hit a palm tree i hit the palm tree i did not before like that was the amazing things that's why i'm happy i land with a 16 years old dude i told to him because like the story was like we jump out a storm come in clouds come in uh we thought it was coming later but it come earlier like my mistake totally my mistake instant to hitting for the beach which was really close right 
I hate him for back to get get back to a job. So I want to be the cool instructor, right. not the smart decision, no. but the coolest one. Yeah. Right. Then I went back for the jobs, and then, sorry, I was Oops. into a cloud until like thousand foot. Then the canopy was going up and down, was closing and opening. I was freaking out. And when I said to this dude, like, dude, we're gonna land in between the three, the sixteen years old dude started laughing, <laughs> and that's relaxed me so much because it was like, if this dude is not freaking out, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If if your sixteen year old student isn't losing his shit, yeah, he helped me a lot. He helped me. I have to say, um, I was new at the experience. I was having like at that time, I was probably having like six hundred jumps because it was towards my end of experience in Australia. That I was having a little bit more experience, but nothing like this. And I landed, crashing into this tree, locking on a palm tree, and then we fell down. And it was completely clear. The dude was cool. I was cool. We just walked back to the drop zone. Like we did, had like 30 minutes walk back and pulled back my parachute, like I put it all together, like put it on the, on the container as much as I was able to and walk back to the drop zone like enough. Our helicopter was looking for us. I, I still remember like that thing. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it all worked out and you learned a valuable lesson when it was all said and done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So you learn hard lessons in Australia with fucking palm trees and shit like this, but you're learning stuff. How how long are you chucking drugs in Australia? Uh, for like just over like six months, maybe a little bit less, but like about that time. Okay. How so, about that time? Uh, and in that six months you decided, I mean, how long did it take to cultivate a love for tandems? Because it took quite a while for me. I fucking hated doing okay, tandems. Uh, get back a second. Like, yeah. I loved the tandem from the first time I did my tandem. Really? Yeah, because like, I know it seems like stupid, like, but if I loved it so much, think about the chicks I'm going to join with. <laughs> I see a theme. Like, seriously, dude, like, let's break the glass straight over here. 80% of the tandem instructor become tandem instructor. Why? Girls was like hooking up with the tandem instructor. I have to do it. I was a nerd. Hmm. What do you pretend from a nerd and sees that? Like, you want to be that. 80% get it got their tandem ratings for pussy. I got mine because of a dick <laughs> by the name of Michael Hawks. Say these stories, please. <laughs> please tell me these stories. No, no. No, 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 no. You tell me these stories. Yeah, it, it's super short. I was working uh, at Skydive Las Vegas at the time, and I was uh, um, absolutely raking it in just shooting video. Uh, at the time, you didn't have to be multi-rated. You could just shoot video. And the, the camera guys, uh, myself, uh, a guy by the name of Danny Kuhn, uh, amazing free flyer, camera flyer, uh, and uh, Steve Werner, again, amazing AFF instructor, course instructor, him and his wife as well. But the three of us were shooting video and making just a shitload of money, and the tandem instructors didn't like that because we were making more than them shooting video, and we were getting the chicks. Uh, so I got sat down by... Um, <laughs> I got sat down by the owner at of Scott of Las Vegas at the time, Mikey Hawks, uh, and uh, um, his chief instructor, uh, a friend of mine by the name of Simon Wade, and was told, you'll get your tandem rating or you'll fuck off. And I was making really good money, and I was I was getting to have sex. So I I couldn't not keep that job. So but in that drops and that hat, we had the, like, I don't know how to call it, but we had the... Uh, working breaks in between <laughs> tandems. You know drop zones, right? Like for who doesn't know, drop zones are in our field, surrounded by trailers, all right? And the instructors sleep in the trailers during the weekends, oh, I thought mostly. You were, and I thought you were talking safety meetings. No. <laughs> 
And then what you do is like, yes, you're just in between jumps. You pick up the chair. Gentlemen, ladies, everybody knows you get uh, uh, a super intense experience, and sometimes it gets uh, the uh, the loins going. Exactly, that that happened. That yeah, happened. Of course, it happened. It happened. Absolutely, it happened. But it happened to me as a camera guy. So d- doing tandems, I did not want to. It was horrifying. Mm, no, not to me. That's my. That's why he's smarter than me. I told you at that time when I was a cameraman, it was not happened to me. It start to happen to me. When I was a tandem instructor. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, no. If you ask me now, I mean, I've got what a little over eleven thousand jumps. I think my favorite way to skydive is to, to to take a tandem. No offense to the old tandem instructor that decided to be a tandem instructor for other other reason, but you did it for pussy. I still think the eighty percent of the tandem instructor. I might say ninety, but eighty percent of the tandem instructor did it for the same exact reason. It's yeah. easy and it's cool. It's like say like you you are like you know you play into a rock band, all right. Yeah. You are like the singer. You're the, you're the, yeah, you're the lead you singer. play the guitar, few chicks. You play the bass, some chicks. You play the drums. The drums. Yeah. <coughs> so what are you saying? The camera is the drummer? <coughs> I think so, oh, yeah. You should have been in my band. Then. Oh, well, that's why you were smarter than me. <laughs> in my point of view, the drummer or the. Uh, even right now, today, nowadays, I don't like to do video. I'll, don't take me wrong, I love jumping. Jumping is the best thing happened to my life, mm. but. The video is not able to create a connection to with the tandem students. Like the students create a bond with the tandem instructor. Yeah, I, and I agree. There's not as much of a connection between the camera flyer and the student for sure. Although there's that eye connection at that aha moment that always meant a lot to me as a camera flyer to look in the student's eyes, and I'm the first set of eyes they see when they realized, "Holy shit, yeah, here I am." But with my experience right now, I would say go back and meet your students. Which name is gonna remember? Of course, uh, no, absolutely, and and nothing I, to give back to the time, to the video. Yeah, no, no, and like, I don't, I don't disagree do. at all. I don't disagree at all. So, well, then, are, are so clearly we're talking to the guys right now, but not necessarily the guys because we know a lot of female tandem instructors as well. Yes, who are absolute badasses. Completely the opposite. Who I guarantee did not get into. No, well, at least most of them didn't get into it for the. I pussy. met so <laughs> many badass tandem instructors. Sure. So and so many badass tandem instructors. One of the most badass tandem instructor, uh, AFF instructor, I ever met, and tandem instructor I ever met. Like they work with me, and they were like amazing. Sure. They were like the most amazing people, but they, I don't know why. It's the opposite. The guys don't find that very attractive. No, like, because they find it threatening. I think so. Like for me, one of well, the best cadavers I ever met is uh, Ashton Ling. Mm. Like she used to work for Skydive Dubai for a while. She was like, when I see her for the first time, she was like, wow. And she was like, back in the days, like, um, uh, related to Junior, which you interviewed like a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And she was like really good and a soul and a person and everything. And he, she's amazing, but at the same time, yeah, well, I think like people like her is a threat, as you say. Of course, it's a threat to guys because guys are are were trained to be macho, and and guys are supposed to be tougher than girls. Now that being said, if you listen to the the podcast I did with Olga and Cornelia. Uh, I got to give Olga shit because she was on record with me. Yes, you were, Olga, so shut the fuck up. I can hear you talking from here. She was on record as saying she wouldn't date a non-skydiver because they were a bunch of pussies. I I can say I know Olga and I know Cornelia, right? Two different persons, completely different but amazing at the same time. 
Mm. I, I really, if I was not a skydiver and I was looking at them both for how much attractive they are, as a man, I would probably feel like a little bit on a coffin with myself. Well, yeah, you'd be threatened. Of yeah, course. For of sure. Course, for sure. Look at them. If you don't know, Olga Namovan and Cornelia, they just did a, like a podcast with Dean and they're like, very amazing chicks. That mm. is super good, but they are at the top. Yeah. And if they are at the top, you cannot be at the top. Sure. No, and that's threatening to a lot of guys. Yeah. For sure. Well, now let me ask. So... You said you competed for a while, but you ended up uh, chucking drogues, and and you yeah. are, for all intents and purposes, a skydiving workhorse. Yep. You chuck drogues. You shoot video. Yep. Uh, there is no podium. There are no medals. No, uh, I have a few models. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean now. You know? Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. So you, you took, you had your time, and just like me, you know, I I, I earned my my medals and stuff, but it was a very small part of my career. Yeah. But you've decided to turn it into a career that there are no accolades. No one is going to, with the exception of the individual people that, whose lives you touch, there's no fame. There's no fortune. I don't need a there's badge. No, yeah. Like my life is, is always been, been that. Like I was like always an outsider mm. in everything. I was an outsider in life. I told you my family was really like restricted. Mm. And it happened with skydiving. I was like really bullied. Like it, I was over excited then, an outsider then. What I realize is like my life is is not a badge. Mm. All right then. Well, now when did when did skydiving? Because in every podcast so far, uh, the the um, the one thing that everybody has said is that uh, uh, beside the jumps, the draw to skydiving has been the community. But for you, it wasn't. The community was not a welcoming thing. No. So when did it change? Because you could not keep doing what you're doing if eventually it didn't switch. No jokes. Still, go back to Jonathan Tegel. Mm. He opened the door and he closed the door. Mm. He showed me a war and he closed that war. And he said, if you want that war, you need to get that war. You need to get there. I'm not going to give you that war. A lot of people are used to get everything they want on, your, on their hands. Mm. Like... You know, a lot of people are used, especially in this society right now, you want this, you get this. You want this, you get this. Instant gratification, yeah. Yeah, no. He made you earn it. He just fucking closed the door. He Mm. says like, no, fuck you. You're good. You can be better. Get the fuck out of here (laughs) and come back when you know. All right? So what happened is I was in Australia at the time and I was throwing drugs, as you say, and Ernesto Gainza called me. Mm. And he says like, dude, how many jumps do you have? And at the time, seriously, no joking, no more like lying everything. I was like, hey, dude, I, you know, I have six, seven hundred jumps, ton of jumps. Mm. And he was like, you know what? I want you. Okay, why not? Like, Jonathan Tego was living there, was yeah, working well, there. My idol was living there and everyone was there. The teams was there. Everyone was there. The war was going around there. Well, and over there, too, at the time... Um, You'd sit in the states and and look at everything that was happening in in Dubai and go, holy shit! Yeah, it was it was like the dream yeah. drop zone. Yeah, you would see Mike Wittenberg like shooting videos. You see Jordan Tego landing on the boat. You would see like all these people, and you were like, "Fuck, I want to be there. Mm. I need to be there." And I went there. And I arrived there, and that's when I started to put myself. I went back to Italy first, and I started to like, study English. I started to learn English. I need to be there ready. I don't want to be anymore the loose cunt, and people like have, 
how is the word for English when they kind of pet you and it says like it's okay yeah, but, yeah no they're just kind of helping you along yeah yeah I wanted to be the person who was like you know what I'm gonna get that sure and that's when I realized that I seriously realized that uh, skydiving was the my my car my badge out of like the loose world alright I was a loser and I was able to get out of it so out of all these things, and, and now we're talking to either really low-time jumpers or those that are listening to the podcast that just want to hear what crazy people think. Because uh, they think we're fucking... If you don't jump out of an airplane, if you've never jumped out of an airplane, you think we're crazy. Yes, they do. Or, or they think we do really cool shit, but they still think we're fucking crazy. Yeah. So for those people, um, the, the motivation to step outside their comfort zone, besides pussy. Uh, if I, if, <laughs> you know, besides the pussy, but like that's what the freaking world... Turn of course, around. of course. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. we want to be good people. No talk about that. But if you want to get out of it, for me, skydiving was was set me free. All right. So for some, you got a, a kid that's a gamer. You got a, a whether it's a boy or a girl. You got somebody that's uh, maybe just a little bit shy. You got somebody that wants to do something crazy, but they don't want to go too far. Um, why pick skydiving? What what is what is skydiving going to give them? You don't think for one minute. <laughs> you don't think for one minute, and everyone is so keen on time. Tomorrow you have to wake up at seven o'clock, go running, go to the gym, work at eight, meetings, blah blah blah, emails, blah blah blah. One minute of your life becomes so much important than. Mm. You hold into that. Living in the moment. Yeah, living the exactly moment. Like I used to work like as a manager in a drop zone and and you're like when you jump out of a plane, there is no managing. There is no problems. Mm-mm. There is nothing. There's you and you're free for time. Doesn't matter if you do tandem, doesn't matter if you do video FF or whatever the hell you're jumping out of a plane yeah, for, but yeah. is you and the freaking free for. Yeah, it, it's it, you could be doing a, a world-class, amazing routine that everybody's going to ooh and ah over, or you could literally be flailing all around the sky, and the end result is still the same. You are living in the moment. Yes. And I try to explain to a lot of people that have asked me that aren't jumpers, what do you get out of it? What's your favorite part of skydiving? And I tried to break it down once, and okay, the free falls this, and the canopy's this, and the landing's this, and this, blah, blah, blah. And then I... I thought about it a lot more myself and my very favorite part of skydiving is letting go of the plane yeah the, the exit that's it the just exit the, the physical is the 10 seconds yes the physical and mental actual having to let go to I, just open your hands to let your feet step off the airplane to make that conscious decision to go fuck it I have let's a wonderful go. woman next to me right now mm. in this stage of my life she is like absolutely everything mm. right and hi banana <laughs> But like this girl, like just started this skydiving course like a few months ago, and then seriously, I'm absorbing her energy. Like the exit moment of the plane when you planted the the first ten seconds, mm. when the raging grin on their face yes, that they can't you control. Nev- you don't know what the fuck is going on, and it doesn't. I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. Yeah, it doesn't they matter. Think about. I have like seriously, guys. I have. 12,000 something job. I don't care. But like seriously, I don't know what the fuck is going on in that 10 seconds. In that 10 seconds, I just see her smile. Mm. Her fucking smile. That smile gave me the strength to believe that tomorrow I can be a better person. And Mm. that's happened when I jump with 
Fucking hell, we got deep. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you need to no, be able... No, it's good. You it's need good. to be able to go deep, all right? Yes. When you jump with different people every time, when you jump with a tandem student, that's why I don't like video. I don't like video because they're like, they're not touchy. You mm. don't feel it. But I like tandem because I feel the ad- adrenaline on the students. But when I jump with Tori and I see her face right in front of me and like... Of course. She's well, like, like, she's just... Well, dead. and it brings it all back. It, it fires it all back up and it makes you remember, even if you forgot. And I certainly, I, I forgot for a little while and then I remembered on my own. But you get to remember each and every time, especially when jumping with Tori or, or anybody like her, why you're in it in the first place. Because, I mean, we can say anything we want about skydiving. Skydiving has become extremely safe. Mm. I trust the safety of overall skydiving more than I trust driving down the highway by a long shot. But... Skydiving is still fucking dangerous. You're jumping out of an yes. airplane and you're yes. trusting on some nylon and string to do what you want it to do. I actually heard about Tom Newman today during Tom Newman, if who doesn't know is one of the most expert guys in tandem jumps, UPT and everything and everything. Right? And he actually said that. He says like we don't want to use a specific word in skydiving which like sorry but I don't remember the word which one is it, but it pretty much says like we don't want to show enough that the skydiving one is easy mm. because it's still dangerous. Yeah. All right. Then everything, everyone, like you do rock climbing, you do like any sports, like you take your sport. I always thought that something extreme is your mind. Mm. Doesn't matter if you do skydiving, doesn't matter if you do rock climbing, doesn't matter if you need like scuba diving. If you take that activity to the extreme, you need to build like a mind. You need to build like something around it, like to help you out. And, mm. like, and that's in all these years what's kind of helping me. And like, and now I can, I'm able to share it. And like when I hear about someone else, like you say before, like about skydivers, like we do something crazy. Yes, we do. Mm. But we try to take out the best out of it. Of course. Well, and yes, we do what we do is a little bit nuts. We're, I mean, it's it in is. it's in our DNA. When you get to the door of the airplane, your entire being is screaming, what the fuck are you doing? It does. And it takes a lot of discipline to not only get yourself to jump, either discipline or crazy, whichever pick, um, to, to do that, but to do it over and over again and then to control it. And uh, I had a, a wonderful conversation with Melissa Nelson, um, Melissa, Melissa Nelson Lowe, actually, very recently, who said that uh, the more and more you jump, the more and more you take control of that inner dialogue in your head that's screaming, what the fuck am I doing? And it becomes, all right, I'm doing this. And it's a mix of both because I still, just like you, have that what the fuck as I'm going to the door. And as soon as I let go, it's a, ah, this is what I'm doing. That's what I always say to the Italian children. What they say to me, they ask me, like, did anyone bail out? And I say to them, like, listen, there is two adrenalines. Like, the first one is the one, it, it makes you feel like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. I'm jumping out of a plane. But as soon as we open the door, that adrenaline takes you in the door. Mm. It makes you jump out of the plane. Sure. Like, every drop zone. Like, I used to work in a drop zone. They do a lot of jumps per year. And we had, like, maybe 10, 20 mm. bailed. And... Seriously, when you get to the door, you really cannot stop yourself to jump out of a plane. Mm. If it happened, 
okay, we can maybe do a like a turnaround sure. and jump again. But most of the people will jump. Out most of, of the people plane. will jump. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. No matter how terrified they are. And I think that's the adrenaline. There is, I always thought there is two adrenaline. There is the good way and the bad way. The bad way takes you up to 30,000 feet. And then there is the good way. Sure. The good way is to, and that's why we're coming back at what you were saying before. Like, you know how to read the person. Mm, you have you want, to. You want to jump last out of a plane is because you know this person might be a little bit scared that you need to comfort him and show him how everything happened. Sure. You know this person is going to be a good lad, then you jump first because you know you can do that. Well, you become a 60-second psychologist. You have to learn how. I like it. Yeah, I do like it. You you, you become uh, an on the fly. I can I can say or do what this person needs to give them an experience that I know from personal experience is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. And you also know and knock wood, I've never actually had a refusal. But you were a tandem instructor, right? For, yeah, for a very long time. I've got maybe eight thousand tandems. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. So what was your experience with tandem? Um, in the beginning, it was horrible. I hated it because I was forced into it. It wasn't a choice for me. So I got forced into doing it, and I went into the course not wanting to. The very first paying customer I ever took was a Japanese guy that spoke no English. All I want to do is tell this guy how not to kill me, and I can't. There's no fucking way. Um, so that was my very first experience was, fuck, I can't even tell this guy how to put his foot on the step. And we were exiting out of uh, 206. And if you've done that, you know that there's a whole lot of commands you have to give someone in order to make that go smoothly. And then all of a sudden, I'm talking to somebody that doesn't speak English. And this happens over and over and over and over again. And I hated it right up until one Where guy. you were at the time. Where I was at the time, yeah. Now, I was at no, the, no, no. Oh, where? where? In where? Vegas. In Vegas. In Vegas. So, where? same place. I'm pretty sure Vegas is the kind of place where a lot of people come and they're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we also had a huge Japanese tandem base, which meant a lot of tandems that didn't speak a lot of English or no English at all. Okay. Um, and I hated doing tandems all the way up until one particular day. Uh, and I actually wrote an article about this jump because uh, it was the turning point for me. This guy by the name of Randy comes out. Uh, Randy has been surprised by his wife and his two buddies with a surprise tandem for his 40th birthday. Okay. Uh, Randy is wearing a No Fear t-shirt, and Randy has Oakley razor blade glasses on. He's a douchebag. He was that guy. Um, I don't remember if he had a mullet, but in my memory, he had a huge mullet in my memory. Uh, but I do remember some of the things that he said as I was getting him geared up. He's a bigger guy. I think he was probably 190 pounds, a big beer gut and, and the whole nine. And I'm putting the harness on him and everything. And he's giving me the whole blusterous, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this strap to another guy. You know that. All the <laughs> macho course. shit because the wife and the buddies are there. Now, we happen to be jumping. You have to say, luckily, you are with the Italian. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I was, but <laughs> remember, but remember, I still hated doing tandems and they scared me almost as much as he was scared. Um, so we're walking to the plane and it was the weekend. So we were jumping the otter. Thank goodness. And as we get around the corner to where his wife and his buddies can't see him anymore, Randy melts the fuck down. Randy is scared shitless. We get on the plane and tough guy Randy is gone. His Oakley razor blades are, are, you know, left in the locker and he's freaking the fuck out. And about halfway up on the plane ride, he looks at me and sincerely right in the eyes is like, you have to make me jump. Because all he's thinking is wife and buddies will never let him live Were this Were you already town. attached to him? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh -huh. See, he's sitting next to me still. So, and I'm trying everything I can't do. It's going to be okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm not lying, but I'm stretching the truth. I'm like, I've got a ton of experience. I think I had maybe 100 tandems at the time, 150 tandems. 
and uh, it comes time to get ready. And again, for those that don't jump, uh, especially in a twin otter, when you're having the student get attached to to the parachute system and you, you have to have them sit up on your lap. So I have Randy, this tough guy, is now sitting in my lap like a little kid, you know, talking to Santa Claus. But he is shaking so fucking badly that I can physically feel him shaking. And I'm again, I'm trying to joke around because I'm thinking the All only thing that's going to work. For Christmas yeah. You. you know, and I'm thinking the only thing that's going to work is to joke around a little bit. So I'm like, dude, if you don't stop shaking, I'm going to sprout some wood. You're sitting on my, but it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, all right. So I go sincere. We're all clipped in. Look. Randy, we're going to be okay. I'm going to take good care of you. I'll get you to the door. You just do what I say. Everything's going to be fine. We get to the door. Ready, set, go. Out the door we go. Into free fall. Pitch the drogue. He gets in the position he needs to. And, of course, in free fall with all the noise, you can't really tell what's going on, but I'm getting that vibe from him. And he's, I've got thumbs up and everything. And I don't know if he's giving the thumbs up to the camera because he thinks he has to. Is he still that guy? I don't know. But the parachute opens up and he is screaming his ever Parentheses, most of the people like mostly look at the camera and say hi for a picture right now. But back in the day, yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah. So he, he's doing all that. and But the parachute opens up and he's screaming his head off. But it turns out he's screaming happy, thrilled. So as I'm Are doing my- Are you able to hear him? Uh, once the parachute opens up, yeah. And he said, oh my God, that was fucking amazing. You know, all this stuff. And- I get the. I do my housekeeping duties. I take the the lower straps, the laterals off, and and I loosen up his chest strap. And and in rare form at the time, I I tiptoe land him right in front of his wife and his two buddies. Uh, and I'm expecting him to go give his buddies a high five and be all macho and shit, and you know, grab his wife's hair and bend her over backwards, something like that. And Randy, as soon as I unclipped him, turns around, jumps. Both legs in the air, wrapped around my waist, both arms around my neck, which knocks me the fuck over, and kisses me full on on the fucking mouth. And then jumps up and runs over and hugs his wife. <laughs> wait, wait, get back over there a second. Yeah. What they did? Yes. The gay? So the badass guy turns around, dives on me, and kisses me on the mouth, whiskers and all. And at first I'm like, holy, what the fuck, dude? Get the f-. And then it dawns on me as I'm still laying in the dirt do as he's running on. Do you know how much took this guy to do that? Exactly. And that's that was the thing is as I'm watching him walk off with his buddies and his wife, I'm like, for even just that short period of time, even if it only lasted 20 seconds, Randy forgot to be the hardcore, no fear, yeah. Oakley blade sport, blade sport and badass that he'd been when he showed up. And he was just himself. And right then, and yeah. literally at that moment, laying in the dirt, I'm like, I love being a tandem. No singer. jokes. Like It means like five seconds can change a life. When Jump did you at, start flying? When I was 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I was young. Um, thanks, mom and dad. And uh, uh, I didn't start flying again until I... I met granddad. Oh, good yeah. Good guy. I started working at, uh, um, yeah, Grandpa. I started working at uh, Skydive Cross Keys, and Skydive Cross Keys had a flight school on the field. Uh, and so I uh, renewed everything, re-upped everything, started flying again, and then the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, man. Happy? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. I wouldn't change it for anything. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Say it again. Are you happy? I'm absolutely happy. That's perfect. Don't get me wrong. I have shitty days just like everybody does. Oh, yeah. Like, who doesn't? Yeah. But those shitty days are uh, are luckily surrounded by amazing days. And um, Fair enough. And those shitty days, you actually feel kind of, um, you're almost happy you're having a shitty day because you're like, well, fuck, man. It's been going so good. At least this. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait a second. Now, 
I'm taking back to like you know he this is the fucking pilot podcast but everyone listen about the interviewer guys I want to hear about tell me <laughs> best story that you have Oh and then we're going to continue for that but I want to hear the I best story I think actually Randy is my favorite tandem story ever Yeah Yeah man he was the guy he really was I mean I've had really cool I've been very lucky in my time in in my sport and and uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again um in talking to a an extremely high profile jumper once he uh jokingly called me or maybe jokingly called me a name dropper And I thought about it and at first I wanted to be insulted and then I went well, I oh, wait think everyone would be I, I'm like Wait, no, I'm totally a name dropper and I'm a name dropper because I've got really fucking cool friends. At yeah. the end of the day, the coolest thing about me are my friends. Because I'm like you, man. I'm a workhorse. Uh, I, I was a workhorse tandem instructor, I was a workhorse camera flyer, I've been a workhorse uh jump pilot. I I I consider myself good at all of those, but there's always somebody better. Uh and and I'm fine with that. I'm great being a workhorse. I love Wait, wait, wait. wait. So like Guys, no jokes right now. I'm going to hug Dean. <laughs> I'm definitely moving this fucking microphone. Oh, he right is. Now. He's coming in for the hug. I'm coming for uh, the fucking uh, hug. You right, can see it like Ooh, I'm hugging sh- him. You didn't shower before okay. you came over. Awesome. I love it. Well, now let me ask you. Um uh, as as we're slowing things down and we're we're getting towards the end, I want you to do the same thing. Answer the question. Um what do you say? to to anybody you want to jump you want to do this or that what's your advice to anybody that's kind of just trying to sort shit out I don't give a crap about skydiving that's what I want to say to you like I don't care if he's skydiving I don't care if he's uh, rock climbing scuba diving I don't care like as you said you are happy mm. just take it take it there all day hold hold on to you because like everyone is going to be jealous about you mm. oh like, yeah I when i see people jealous about me in a good way don't take me wrong don't jealous like but they see people like says come to me and says like oh you have the best. that's what they say every time after job like so, well, a job mark, you have the best job mark norman said the exact same thing there's nothing better in the world than to hear someone say you've got the best yeah, job in the please, world please don't take me wrong people my job is the best job for me mm. it might be different for you but if you find your job so, hold into it oh yeah hugging take it tight and make it yours there was a moment in my life i'm not lying to you guys like i'm pretty pretty fucked right now then i can frankly speaking when, when you were playing video games 13 hours a day masturbating using tears as lube dude like seriously <laughs> guys like i was that guy no joke that didn't give you the perfect picture of it Guys, hold on to what you dream. Like I'm the exactly reflection of your fucking dream. Yeah. I made it. I'm not the most smart person in the planet. I'm not the most like crazy person in the planet, but I made it here. You can do it. Well, that's the hold thing. Is, that's the thing that people don't seem to understand is the end res- the end game should not be money, it shouldn't be fame, it shouldn't be uh possessions, it should be I'm fucking happy. Happy. That's it. Happy like I'm happy. Dean and I had like back back history. We know each other for a long time with like so many people but like seriously how many people can count in your life that mm. can say come to you come to you and it's just like hey Dean how are you don't see for 10 years but you know what I'm happy. Yeah. And that's what it needs to be and 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 if anything that's the the been the uh 
theme to all the podcasts that I've done so far is that everybody that I've talked to, good or bad, experiences and scary experiences and thrilling experiences, every one of them has, they're happy. They're absolutely happy. And that's all that matters. All right, so parting words. Give us the 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 moss parting words. Make it make it special. Make it fancy on the on the fly. Uh, I sing. You sing. I love to sing. Oh God! I love Can to we sing fade this out no, to you singing? Fuck that. What are you gonna sing? Like Tori, I love you so much. Sing, I'll tell you like sing to her. Please sing to her. <laughs> she hates that. Sing to her. But she hates Please, that. banana, banana. You know you love it. But she hates that. What are you gonna sing to her? No, I, I can't sing that to her because she hates that. No, no, you have to. What are you going to sing? No, I can't. Like, really, like, she has her history. But, but, like, before I met Tori, like, long time ago, like, everyone knew me at the, the place where I was working for a long time because, like, I was singing all the time in the place. I actually got grounded. No, not grounded, but they, I actually got in a meeting and they said, like, hey, man, you know what? You should come down a second. But I was singing every fucking time. And my favorite group is like, it's not because now it's in the movie, but I love Queen. And there was like Bohemian Rhapsody. And You're not going to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I'm not going to. Which one are you going to sing? Oh, you would like to hear me sing? Sing. sing. That, that's Bohemian Rhapsody. That's no, what I sing. Sing me a Queen song as we fade out because... We've been talking for a long fucking time. We can keep on going too, but I would rather fade out to you singing Queen. No, you don't want to hear me sing. I, I want to hear you singing Queen. Well, you have already like the other song, but I, I don't know. Is this like this? This song for me means freedom. Okay, right? Sing, like, me some, sing it, baby. I don't know. Sing me some freedom. Like, I'm not gonna sing it to you, but I'm gonna. Not, read don't it. you read shit. You sing it, or I, <laughs> I will mute your fucking mic. I've I've done it to other guests. Is the, do you gonna sing with me? No. Oh fuck that! No, I was, I was, I was. Wait, wait, no, no. Is the real life? I was once asked not is to sing this Happy Birthday. Just fantasy. Cold in a handshake, no escape <laughs> from reality. Cold. Oh, come on, sing with no, me. No, keep going, keep going, no, keep going. No, you sing with me. Keep going, keep going. I feel like really no, bad keep, right now. I, I want you to sing loud because I'm going to do Look my party. Up in the sky All right, guys, as he's singing out, he's going to keep going. This has been another come edition. On. This is, no, keep going, keep you going. Sing with me. Keep going, keep but going. I want you to sing with keep me. going strong, keep going strong. I'm just a poor this has been another edition of the Lunatic Fringe. It's been a fucking fun one as well. Little I, I'm not really sure he knows all the words to this song, but again, it's I been definitely an, don't. That's why I yeah, like this song. It's been an amazing edition hey, of Lunatic Fringe with a true workhorse in the sport. Really somebody that uh, um, doesn't need the medals. He doesn't need the uh, he doesn't need the the stands. He doesn't need all that stuff to <laughs> to really love everything that is in skydiving. <laughs> Just kill the man. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And another edition of Lunatic Fringe, Into the Void. Me and Moss give you a big hug. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as NZ Aerosports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the Extreme Sports Collective, 
head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. By Flyaway Indoor Skydiving, go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting-edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD, head to purespectrumcbd.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available, hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or The Accidental Stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.